so good to be with you. Thank you, Mark, for invitation and your growing. There's some people I haven't seen before. That's always a good sign. Last weekend, we moved house. Has anyone ever moved house before? Oh, man. You know, it's that point of no return. You you know, we've sold the house and uh, it's like, what are we doing? Uh, But anyhow, most things are unpacked. We're still going through... Where did I put such and such? You know, was it in that box, that box, that box? Even though you label kitchen, which is probably a bit vague, clothes, uh, yeah, we're still going through a bit of that stage. But anyhow, another thing I realise is we're a lot closer to Elevate Church. So much so that I got here really early, so I thought, well, I'll go to the park. So I went to the park and had a great time, and then I realised, oh, I'm late. So anyhow... (laughs) Sorry, Mark, I didn't get there at 8.30. I'm one of those people that got here a little bit late. But it's so good to be with you. That's the main thing. Hey, did you hear the story of a modern Tom Hanks castaway? This guy was on a deserted, I was going to say desert island. Yeah, deserted island for, for about 10 years. And he was actually found by accident. Uh, there was this multi-billionaire and his toy helicopter that just left his amazing multi-million dollar boat and he was exploring and he noticed a little island and he saw a man and waving and thought, my goodness, there's a man. So he lands his helicopter and the guy on this island just thought, I never thought I'd be rescued. This is incredible. Take me away. And the guy said, if you don't mind, I've noticed you've built a bit of a village. Can you just show me around? Show me what you've done in the last 10 years. I thought, okay, I guess a few minutes won't hurt. So he said, okay, well... The first little hut, uh, this, is my, uh, this is my house. It's uh, one bedroom, of course, uh, open plan, little kitchen, little living area. And I looked around and said, man, you, you've done it really well. And, okay, the next hut. And he goes, okay, this is a little home gym. That's it. All these boulders, yeah, well, there's like my 5K, your, your, your 20K, uh, 40K. And, you know, I used to just lift up boulders and just, you know, try and bulk up a bit. Yeah, well, this guy here... So that's great. So next heart, what's this? Oh, this is the church I built. And he goes, the guy looked at it and just said, wow, it's got a little pew. He made a pew and he could see a little groove where he sat for the last 10 years on his own and uh, a cross and engraved in some wood the words faith, hope and love. And he thought, wow, you're a deeply spiritual man. I can see. He says, yeah, oh, look, this, this church was... It helped me. And he goes, okay. And then what about the building next door? Oh, that's a church I used to go to. <laughs> you know, you could be one person and chances are you'll probably leave that church at some point because of offence. We are living in a time, and it's always been this way. If you ever had a chance to interview Cain, you realise that really what led him down to a very dark path was offence. He couldn't deal with it and he ended up murdering his brother. But we are living in a time that is imperfect and we're living with, yes, even Mark, imperfect people, (laughs) imperfect scenarios, imperfect situations. And at some point, we are going to get hurt. We are going to be offended. And for most of us, the first time we experienced some sort of offence was probably at home. I think the very first message I shared with you, I was about six years of age and Dad took me to my first soccer practice. I made a mistake 
and I decided to quit because I, in my, my perception of the situation was I publicly humiliated myself. And so I told Dad I quit. He never encouraged me to persevere. He never said, hey, let's practice. It was just like, yeah, whatever. And that offended me. I thought Dad would have been a little bit more engaging and, and what have you. And maybe at school, um, first time I felt offence when there was like injustice. It was lunchtime. I was probably about eight years old and the big thing, you know, apart from British Bulldogs, I don't know if you play that still, great game. But the other game we used to play was marbles. And you'd have this little bag and you collected over the, the years marbles, you'd do a bit of swap meet. And, and I was watching this guy play marbles. His name's Robert Bullamore. I obviously still remember his name. And I'm looking at his marbles and thinking, wow, I've got marbles just like yours. They're amazing. I thought, I might play with you. So I went to get my marbles. But my bag of marbles weren't there because Robert Bullimore had stolen them. And so I did what a lot of boys in my situation would do. I started crying. And so I went into the classroom and I protested to the teacher that Robert Bullimore stole my marbles. And she just told me to, you know, just pull myself together and get over it. And, you know, we're about to do arithmetic. And it was like the injustice of Robert Bullimore stole my marbles. And then, you know, sometimes we might get hurt, offended in marriage. Ever thought that your marriage would be different? That it'll just be like perfect and yet that first time your spouse hurt you, offended you? It's just like, <gasps> ever been hurt in church? Ever been offended? Realise there there be people in our city who are not in church because of offence. Or they are in church, but it's church number five in all the other churches. It's not because it's got a better worship team or a better youth group. It's just, oh, I don't like that preacher. That preacher hurt me or that worship leader hurt me. or they, And it's just offence. And so you go from church to church. It's inevitable. Rather interesting that Jesus in Luke chapter 17, verse 1, Jesus reading from the New King James Version said, it's impossible that no offences should come. The word scandal and the original word actually means stumbling block or trap. In some of your more modern translations, it might use the word, it's impossible that there will never be a trap, a temptation, a stumbling block. But in you know, the amazing King James and even the new King James, it said, no, the, the word is specifically offence. It's impossible to live in this world and not be offended. But offended is more than... I'm offended, it's like, no, it's a stumbling block, it's a trap. That though the devil can't take away your salvation, he can get you distracted. He can get you disillusioned. And the problem is when we're offended, it's very hard to be fully engaged in the church. It's very hard to be fully engaged with God. It's very hard to fulfill our mission when we're living with offence. Jesus even said... I find this remarkable, also in the New King James Version. In Matthew chapter 24, he talks about the end times, the last days. And you think he would be saying, oh, in the last days, there'll be all forms of sexual immorality, rah, rah. He doesn't. He says, and there many will be offended. They will betray one another, hate one another. The love of many will grow cold. He's talking about the church. He's talking about believers. The sign of the last days is people in church will become offended and their love will grow cold. 
So what we're talking about is rather serious. Sometimes we think it's not that big a deal because it's hidden. Well, talk to someone who's had cancer, and they'll talk to you about something that was once hidden, but at some point it manifested itself. Sometimes things that are hidden, they can be really nasty. Offence can be really nasty. And the problem with offence for many of us is we feel rather justified in our offence. After all I've done for you. They should have known better. He should have known better. That was my father. He should have... The pastor, the man of God. It's like we find we can justify our offence. Unless we're really careful and learn to deal with it. And I'm going to give you two possible ways. There's not five, like A, B, C, D, whatever, and the last one, all of the above. I'm going to give you two options. Because basically there are two ways, but I can tell you, if we don't deal with offence, we can end up being like Travis in the movie Taxi Driver, played by Robert De Niro, a war vet, suffering with insomnia. So he thought, well, maybe I'll just drive taxis in the early hours of the morning and all of the scum of the, the city began to drive with him and it began to consume him and he was already psychotic but intensified to this point in time in the movie where he looks in the mirror and says, you looking at me? You looking at me? You looking at me? And there were a couple of other words that I'm not allowed to <laughs> repeat because if I do, I would not be coming back again. But that sense of, it, it's a word of, you, you're looking at me, it's defensive, it's insecure. It's, it's a statement of resentment and offence. So two ways of dealing with offence. One way, and I don't recommend it, but one way we often deal with it is we, we feed it. Because like a lot of things in life, what we feed grows. And so it's one of those things when we are offended, it's like, oh, I'll just feed it. And you'll find that offence gets to the point of it's never satisfied. You feed it and you feed it and you feed it. It's go, more, feed me, feed me, more, feed me. And you're feeding it and feeding it. And after a while you become obese, spiritually obese on a diet of bitterness, resentment and offence. And, and you become withdrawn and you become a very bitter person, a very cautious person, a person that you don't trust anyone and you find some people won't trust you. So what are some of the ways that we can feed our offence? Well, we use one of these with our minds. Now, when it comes to sport, these, uh, these are really good. You can watch, if I can mention his name, you know, I feel like I'm in enemy territory, but if you can mention a Nick Natanui and he does a specky mark, you whoa, pause, rewind, replay, you know, pause, just think, man, that guy is a beast. How does he get, you know, it's just like, it is incredible. Replay, replay, pause. You might be a young girl learning to surf and you watch a Stephanie Gilmore or Sally Fitzgibbon and again, it's just, well, where is she? Okay, putting all the weight back there. She's turning to where she wants to go. Okay, and they, this can be very educational. Maybe you're a guitarist and you're, you're, you're watching someone play guitar. They think, whoa, whoa, what was that called? That, that was not a G. wasn't a D. wasn't a major. And you, you, you pause. Oh, wow. 
oh, that's a real jazz chord. And it's just, this is really cool. Yeah, yeah, like. But when it comes to offense, oh, rewind, replay. Oh, oh, I remember. Yeah, Robert Bullimore. I can remember that, yes, the marble stop, pause. Oh, I love that one with the blue and green swirl. Oh, yeah. And, and we replay, replay, pause, and we feed it. And we go over and over. We play the scenario. And we, we in the scenario, am I alone? But we play a scenario, and if I ever see them again, I'll say this, and if they say that, I'll say this. And it's just replay, replay. We feed it, and we're feeding. And the fence is saying, oh, keep, keep playing. Keep, I love that. More, more. Feed me, feed me. Replay, replay, re- all the time. Now, is it the prefrontal cortex where memory is? Somewhere around there. Sort of in the middle. Of course it's in the middle. But, oh, there's that part of the brain. We're meant to remember good things, the promises of God and whatnot. We're not meant to remember and replay offence over and over again. But we can take this to another level. Because this is just, you know, it's just like, yeah, replay, replay. Find other people who are offended. Yeah. Ah, let's all get out of our remote control. And the best part is, okay, I'll listen to you share your offence. Okay, yeah, oh, that's horrible. Can I tell my story now? All right, let me replay. Okay, this is what happened. I was at a church. I won't mention, well, I will mention the name prayerfully um, because I, you, you might end up going to this church. And so you replay and they go, I went to that church. I remember that pastor. Yeah. And so birds of a feather flock together and you form the fellowship of the offended. Everyone with their remote control. It's just, you're a replay, replay. Yeah, yeah. Pause, rewind. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's like, and then you, you, want, you want the group to grow. And, and so, you know, I find some, hey, uh, hey, Jared, uh, we've got this group. It's a really good group. It's called the Fellowship of the Offended. Can you come along? Uh, yeah, he's in. Because... I just want to have a little pity party. And so Jared, you know, he, he comes, he, he takes up my invitation and he comes to my pity party and said, so let me just replay, replay the scenario. He goes, oh, Rob, that, that's just, after all, yeah, exactly, the words, are, yeah, after all I did for him, her, and so like, whatever. Then next day, hey, Jared, Jared, do you want to come to my pity party? He goes, oh, okay. So he comes along my pity party. It's the same people eating the same food, the same stories. And after a while, I say, hey, Jared, come to my pity party. He goes, Rob, uh, it's quite boring. It's the same people, the same conversations, mate. I, uh, I reckon you should just get over it. Oh, get it. You should get over 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 it. You're talking to me? You're talking, you know, it's like, uh, it doesn't take you anywhere really good. Listen. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 19, from the New Living Translation. See, um, it's harder to make amends with an offended friend than to capture a fortified city. It's harder to make amends with an offended friend than to capture a fortified city. So in ancient times, they had walls around them. You know, so the city of Perth, we don't, we don't do wars. But, you know, Jerusalem had wars and other cities had wars. It's all about, you know, defence, keeping the enemy out and whatever. And what, what, you know, it said here is you try and make amends with an offended friend. It's almost impossible. 
It's like they've built these walls that are almost impossible to penetrate. They have withdrawn themselves so much like Travis, Robert De Niro. They've withdrawn themselves so much. Either just passively withdrawing or they use aggression. And aggression is still a form of defence. It's a way, I, I actually don't want you to get too close to me, so I'm going to intimidate you. I'm going to control you. I'm going to get so angry that, whoa, I, I don't want to do life with you. Grace, because I don't want you to do life with me. So we can, we can feed it, we can replay, we can rewind, we can pause, and then better still, we can feed it by finding other offended people and reinforcing our offence, justifying that, yeah, me too. But there is an alternative. Not feed it, free it. We can free the offence. Through forgiveness. Yeah. Oh, it's so easy to say, forgive. <laughs> I love what C.S. Lewis said. We all agree that forgiveness is a beautiful idea until we have to practice it. <laughs> we all hear a message on forgiveness. Oh, wonderful. Let's write a song about forgiveness. Come on, let's read it. Wearing Ugg boots. It's like, it's just beautiful. Then it's like, oh, you need to forgive that person. Whoa. Climbing Mount Everest, I've been told, is really difficult. Um, surfing Chopu, Waimi Bay, I've been told, is really difficult. Tour to France, apparently it's really difficult. But not compared to forgiving someone who has hurt us deeply. And so the way to build the case of why this is so important, Jesus tells a story, as he does, Matthew chapter 18. Some of you know it as the unforgiving servant. And so the scenario is we have this king, it's the end of the financial year, getting all of his accounts in, in place, and he notices, he starts thinking, hang on, one of my servants, whom I've trusted, has ripped me off $100,000. That's first century, equivalent to about $4.5 billion. Now, for you analytical people, don't go, how did he get to that place? That's not the purpose of the parable. <laughs> the purpose of the parable is this guy, um, he's in trouble. So it comes before the king. The king says, hey, I've gone through my accounts. You have ripped me off $100,000, $4.5 Oh, I'm sorry, sorry. No, no, you are going to prison, you and your family, as punishment no, have mercy, have mercy. I guess I'll pay back. Impossible. You can't pay back 4.5. This guy, it is an amount that is so ridiculous. And the king goes, okay, I'll, I'll forgive you. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, wow, wait till I tell my wife. Actually, I probably shouldn't tell her that. Anyway, you know, so he leaves. He finds, finds a guy that owes him 10 bucks. First century, it's equivalent to about $20,000 today. Now, $10 back then is about a third of a year's salary, so it's significant, but compared to $4.5 billion, it's, it's loose change. The guy sees him and says, mate, you owe me. You, you, you're, you're offending me. You're going into prison until you can pay me back. 
how can he pay him back if he's in prison? The king hears about it. And the king is furious and he gets his servant, whom he'd forgiven $100,000, $4.5 billion, said, I hear this. Is this true? Is it, well, yes, it's you wicked servant. I'm going to put you into prison and you will be tortured all of your life. Your soul will be tortured by an unforgiving spirit. He didn't get it. The guy who received mercy didn't really see the gravity of his offence, what he owed. And when he saw someone that hurt him, offended him, even though in comparison it was nothing, but it was like he was so, how dare you after all I've done for you? He was in a prison. The best thing we can do is to free our hurt. So let's get a little visual and a little practical. For all of us in our mind, we have a, uh, many files called the hurt files. And this is one of mine, as you can see, it, it, it's been around for a while. Um, I wonder if I should open it. Oh yeah, <laughs> this is going back. Oh wow, it's 25 years old. And I've kept this file and every now and then I, you know, I open it. Oh. oh man, you dog. Yeah, that's right. What I'd like you to do is, just for a moment, you have permission to grab the file about a situation that has hurt you the most, someone who has hurt you the most. Could be recently. Don't be surprised if it's someone you're close to, were close to, family member, a pastor, a worship leader, a spouse. And for a moment, I'm not going to ask you to replay and pause and replay. There's going to be no pity parties, but I want you to get your file out. Who was it that hurt you? So I want you to go back in time and locate the person. Okay. Say their name in your mind. In your mind. <laughs> Sorry, Mark, I don't want people going, Mark, Mark, Mark. No, no. <laughs> I tell you what, we are an easy target. I've been doing this for 27 years and I, yeah, my gosh. It's all right, it comes with the territory, unfortunately. But <laughs> it wasn't in the fine print. But I want you to actually say their name because I can remember this particular gentleman, even hearing his name, it almost sent me in a bit of a panic attack. I just rage. So when you think of their name, now I want you to think of the situation. What, what was it that they said to you? Or like my father didn't say. What did they do or what didn't they do? So the name, the scenario. Now, just for a moment... How did that make you feel? I want you to feel the offence. I want you to feel the pain of the offence. I felt humiliated. I felt angry. I 
felt intimidated. I feel deeply sad. Okay. The name, the scenario, the words, the actions, your feeling. Now, I want you to put it in that file. And then I want you to rip it and to rip it. Oh, I could hand it to you. You could rip that. <laughs> I want us this morning to destroy our hurt file, our offence. And the way we do this is forgiveness. Forgiveness is a beautiful idea until you have to practice it. And everything in us will react because it feels like if I forgive them, they're going to get away with it. But forgiveness is not about them. It's about you. It's about me. Another aspect that you may not have considered with forgiveness is it's grief. It's loss. Because something that has been part of you, God is asking you to let it go. You have held on and you've become like a fortified city. And if you're not careful, your love for God will grow cold. So what I want you to do, I want you to see how much God has forgiven you. And when you get a revelation of our offence before God, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, when we see the panorama of the mercy and love of God, don't you want to just... If in your mind, and you're being honest, and God appreciates that, but I can't. God, you have no idea how... No, no, no. You won't. It's not you can't. You won't. And if this morning you don't forgive, you are like that servant in the story, owing $4.5 billion. In other words, an amount that you could never, ever, in hundreds of lifetimes, ever repay. And someone has hurt you, and it's been real. But in comparison, it's 10 bucks. It's real. But in comparison to our own sin, Please do not leave this place with your offence file intact. Rip it up to shreds through forgiveness.
Father God, we come to you in the name of Jesus. And we are asking, will you help us to forgive? Will you help us to destroy that file, to take the batteries out of the remote control, that yes, we acknowledge we were hurt, but we will not remain in our hurt. We are going to forgive. And as we leave this place, we are going to leave free. We are going to leave lighter because we no longer have this passenger inside our head called offence. It is gone. It is done. In the name of Jesus, amen.